and welcome to another episode of Trash or Treasure, the podcast where Kim and Amy bring you spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read this week. Amy, what did we read? We read The Silver Pigs by Lindsay Davis, which is the first novel in the Falco detective series. Correct. Or Marcus Didius Falco. Mal- Marcus Didius Falco. Which might give you a clue as to when this is set. It's oh. not in the Regency period. Listeners, oh. you'll be thrilled. Shall I do our yes, spoiler-free It's a mystery, recap? so it needs to be. Sure. Yep. So, okay, it is set in ancient Rome. Specifically, it's set kind of just after, well, just after the year of the four emperors is what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, I know. Probably like, slightly too specific. It's like the late 80s. I think it's it's in Vespasian. So Vespasian is like well established as emperor, so much so, and his son is well established as his successor. So it's kind of after the Julio Claudian emperors. 69 to 79 AD. Yeah, there you go. It's pretty much in that chunk of Rome. So if you say that like Julius Caesar and Nero and Claudius and those emperors are the kind of most well known chunk of Rome, it's kind of set just after that. Yeah. When the kind of the. You know, well, those corruption and all memory. of those. Yeah, that's exactly right. And right. Vespasian yes. was trying to like pull it all back in. Yeah, because it all kind of fell apart. That that dynasty of emperors kind of mm. made a hot mess of everything in the end. At any rate, so Falco. <laughs> Ooh, is... We digress into oh my gosh. one of our favorite topics. That was ancient history. <laughs> that was so one of those moments where, had the tables been turned, I would have been like, Amy, no one cares. Ma, ma, ma. I'm just a really patient person. You are. It's one of your absolute defining traits. So, anyway, Falco, Falco is a informer for, I guess, for the emperor. For he's the sort watch. of like an informer for hire. So, you hire oh, yeah, him to yeah. like spy on you or solve Basically, things. Basically, he's he mostly, a private eye. He mostly does like adultery. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, he's called an informer because Lindsay Davis is quite historically accurate about things, mm. but ultimately, as far as like modern day sensibilities are concerned, he is a private detective or a private investigator. So he works out of kind of the slums of urban Rome and has lived there forever and has his mum and has many, many siblings living all, all over Rome. sisters. He had a brother. His brother died in the Judean revolt and yeah. was considered a war hero. Correct. Basically, it begins very quickly with him in the forum in Rome and he sees a girl running through the forum and being kind of pursued by thugs. So he rescues her. She's obviously aristocratic or upper class, very well to do. So he kind of rescues her. Her name is Sasha. Sasha Cannellini. Cannellini? Camelina. Camelina, something like that. Cantellini, I think, is a type of bean. So Camelini. Anyway. <laughs> right, Camelina. Cantellina. Yeah. So he rescues Sasha and then through her becomes embroiled in this, essentially this kind of conspiracy where it seems so... In years and years ago, Falco had served in the army in the revolt against Boudicca in England. So obviously the revolt that was largely lost and he was in the 12th Division and they were quite embarrassingly trounced by Boudicca before other divisions came. I think the 16th came and defeated her. Not veering too much into history. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry, 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 God, I'm trying to keep it together. So he was based in the British Isles. He was based in the British Isles, which means he knew a lot about kind of what went on there. And he gets embroiled in this conspiracy 
that he it seems that silver uncut raw mind silver might be being stolen mm. from the emperor's mines in britain and kind of siphoned or shipped back to rome in secret and then sold and that it might be embroiled with a plot against the emperor unclear not quite sure blah 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 and so sosha had been asked by her senator uncle to hide something in her bank account, in her bank vault, whatever, safety deposit box in Rome. And so that's kind of how the whole thing unwinds, like kind of unravels or whatever. And so Falco goes to her uncle and to her father and they end up hiring him to try and track down who is smuggling the silver. And that's kind of it. Yeah, I it's think a anything beyond that is spoilers. There's lots of other like so Falco has a bunch of kind of side characters and people who help him out and it's told the narrative is told in kind of very retrospective first, third person no first person oh, i saw first her person. yeah sorry first person very retrospective past tense sorry mm. that's what i mean so because he'll make references to things like this was long before i met my own wife or this was before i lived in a house full of girls like that kind yeah. of thing so it's almost like it's told almost with the with the kind of perspective of a memoir or that kind of way that you talk about stories that happened to you as a young person that then had an impact or shaped other events or your life or whatever. It, like the first person person now is able to go and deliberately plan how to yes, tell the narrative to exactly. have like boom chink moments exactly. and, yeah, and to pull out those stuff. things that are important and to go it seems like blah blah was going to happen. Little did I know. Like it's that kind End of, of chapter. It's that chapter. kind of vibe. So that's kind of it. I think anything else is a spoiler. And the kind of vibe of the whole story is something I think we'll go into a bit more in Amy's um, review. Amy's review. So, Amy, what did you think of Silver Pigs by Lindsay Davis? I really enjoy this book. I sure. love what I enjoy about this book is I love the tone of it. It's very, very much like I watch a lot of film noir, mm. and I've read a lot of like the Philip Marlowe, Sam Spade, yeah. Raymond Chandler, Dashiell Hammett books that were written in, like the 1940s that have this sort of hard-boiled detective who's got this really like terse narration, first-person narration Absolutely. of the world, and, and it's, it's very and it much. That. heavily into that it is like its first line is like my first thought when i saw the girl running into the forum was she was wearing too many clothes yes and i listened to the audiobook and Me the too. audiobook was read in that way yes and very very much read in that tone yeah and agreed. it actually sounded a lot like some of the sam spade audiobooks i've listened to absolutely so i really really enjoyed that tone and how it's like this has this 1940s noir sensibility, but it's set in ancient Rome. Yeah. As you've all probably gathered, listeners, we are passionate students of history mm. <laughs> and teachers of history. Yeah. <laughs> and for those reasons, I really enjoyed the world. Oh, yeah. Like, I love the tenement he lives in and how yeah. he describes he lives on the top floor. He's always trying to escape from Festus, the landlord. And who's... he describes so much about, like, Rome the city as, yes. a, as a character. Like, it's Rome a as a city space. is a character, yeah. And, like, on the bottom floor is the what, – what was she like? She's a laundress. She's a laundress. On yeah, she's a laundry lady. And and as you wander past, you pee in her bleach bucket because yep. they would use urine to bleach <laughs> things. I loved his friend. And Petro, who yeah. was a mate of his in the legions back yes. in the UK, but who is now sort of like a police sergeant. He was in the vig- vigiles, yeah. the 
like vigilante department. So I really like the tone. I liked vigilante his friend. I liked the role of like his mum. He's like, oh no, my mother had arrived. Yes. Ah, everything's ruined. Or would go, Sasha had disappeared. Where could she possibly be? Then I remembered mother. <laughs> and would like go and, and be know. like, oh no, she's been here. Yeah. There she is. So I really enjoyed the world and the tone and the friends it, and how hard boiled it was. I thought it has lots of really short chapters. Mm. So I had a fantastic time listening to this as an audio book. And it's really is because you said it like starts, it starts running. Absolutely. It starts and it's boom, 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 and all the different. There's like three or four parts of the story. Yes, and it it's has broken into kind of sections as he travels. Kind of, you know, obviously needs to follow the trail to different parts of the empire, and so those are kind of broken into individual kind of sections that all have a a quite unique tone. I would yes, say there are like some part very one, distinct shifts in tone yeah. across the book. And I liked the sort of interplay because he does – he's a plebeian, but he has sufficient connections with the patrician class. And Absolutely. also Vespasian isn't really a patrician. Vespasian no. is so like it was an a interesting. General... It was an interesting time in terms of class in Rome. Yeah, great time to set it. Yeah. Fantastic. But he, he engages with the patricians, yes. the upper classes, throughout his work and that – Taking a step back from the story was really interesting. I think Lindsay Davis had really crafted it very, very well. Oh, yeah. And it's like this was actually a book that we had recommended to us 15 to 20 years ago. Oh, my goodness. Oh my Probably more like 15. Let's go with 15. Let's say in 2008 by a mentor of ours who was a um, hi- ancient history an teacher. ancient history teacher, yeah. <laughs> and she was like, you have to read these books, and she lent them to us, Glenis. So – I think there's a series of them, and because I really like yes. the Silver Peaks, I've gone on and read all of them. There's so many of them that I did sort of fizzle out at about, like, book seven or something because yes. I was, like, not really able to keep track with what was next. Yes. But I really like the mystery. I like the characters in this, and I really like the world. So for me, it's a total recommend both of the books. I did the audiobook, and then I would flick back. The challenge I had was the audiobook, it was, we'll say, chapter 15. But in the printed book, they write everything in Roman numerals. So I was like, oh, God, <laughs> where am I up to? <laughs> that is a hilarious issue that you have. And just the switching oh, in between them. That's hilarious. So the absolute recommend for me, and I totally will read it, reread yeah, re-read it again. It, so it's and a treasure. I think it will be a treasure. And I'm really glad that I'm coming back to it again because this is the second time I've done it. But I didn't remember any of the mystery. All I remembered was Marcus. And something yeah. to do with Britain. That was all I'd remembered. I would totally redo it and engage with the audiobook because I thought that was really, really, really fun. Yeah. So. Cool. Love what it. about you? So, my reread of this was an interesting journey mm. because the audiobook is exactly as you have described it that kind of detective, hard boiled. You expect jazz short, to be playing. Yes, there needs to be like smooth jazz playing in the background and he needs Whiskey. to have a hat. And yes. So, those parts that I didn't mind, it was so convoluted and complicated and very, despite starting at this cracking pace. Very slow moving. Like the whole section he's in Britain, I'm like, are you serious? Is this still happening? So the audiobook problem for me was the same thing I always, the same issue I always have with audiobooks. Is you can't. Is you can't skim. Not listen to it. You can't skim the audiobook. The audiobook actually forces you to listen and read every single word as it was written. I think the other thing that I struggled with, and it's 
such a thing. It's such a key thing that I'm unable to get past, but you are able to get past, particularly with texts that are heritage texts. So texts that are older and <laughs> yeah. set in an older time. Yeah. You are so much more able to be like, oh, I just, I acknowledge that and moved on and I'm so unable to move past it. So Sasha Camelina yeah. was like 16. Yeah. And Falco had already been a part of the Boudicca revolt. So he's like 30. He's about 30. Oh, yeah, and he has this, like, sleazy um, eyeball. He is so her. sleazy at her. But and then halfway through decides that his sleaze was some kind of love. And then, like, the way – so the way she – impacted him and was kind of this catalyst for things that happened later in the book, I found deeply creepy. I found – and so the unfortunate thing was when I read it as a book all those years ago, A, I know for a fact from doing the podcast and rereading stuff that 15 years ago Kim had completely different – like 15 years ago, Kim was all over oh my goodness. Wolf in the Dub Bay. She read Kathleen Woodwist and was okay with it. Like what is wrong with her? She needs a good talking to. But – Aside, even putting that totally mm-hmm. aside, the audiobook didn't help me there because the audiobook also just had that very masculine Hard, yeah, it was, tone. Yes, and that's who and, reads it. And I and he sounded very old, so the man reading it sounded like he could be like mid because it, and again because he sounded it has like that, he was in mid fifties, but that I felt was okay no, because that's of that so fine because of that sense of retrospective. Person. But then I struggled because it's then told in first person. I'm struggling to separate the voice that I'm hearing from the character being described. So in my head, as I'm picturing it, I'm picturing like like someone in his 40s or 50s saying these kind of lecherous things about this 16-year-old girl. I know it feels like such a small part of it. Why can't I just let it go? It was go? a really small part of it. Oh, my God, it. it's such a and small part of it. in Rome, because you're always the person who says, it was the spirit of the times. She would have been is... married at 12. She exactly. was a patrician. She would have been four years in. She would have yep. probably had three kids, and she probably would have been dead by that point in time Exa- from childbirth. Look, 100%, I know all of this to be true. And he doesn't actually He, he doesn't thinks... actually, like, you know, bonk her brains out or anything. Or even... Or even like, no, he doesn't even say like, you and me, let's do it. Like, no, not at all. But I just found that, so the problem was that I started this and I was like, oh, you're a little bit creepy. Like I find, and I'm sure I would have found most ancient Romans a bit creepy. And I also think if you were reading Sam Spade and Raymond Chandler and those 1920s, 30s hardball detectives, you would be like, you are so ick. But I also think I needed the femme fatale. Sasha was not a femme fatale. She wasn't fatale. a femme fatale. I think it was and meant to be Helena Justina. It was supposed to be Helena Justina. And she worked a little bit better, but because he was still kind of hung up on Sasha at that point in the book, it didn't help me. Anyway, so then on top of that, so I'd started the first part of it being like, you're a bit gross and I don't buy your motivations and I don't, I can't understand them. And the mystery was so convoluted and so complicated. And then he was like, part two, I was on my way to Britain. And I was like, oh my God, are you serious? So I got to like, probably just after he leaves the mines in Britain. Again, not a spoiler. I'm not giving you enough information, but if you go and read it or have read this book, you'll know where I'm up to. So I got to kind of there and then they were explaining how this like blew the case wide open, but I couldn't really follow how it had blown the case right open. See, I never 
worry too much about that. You know I that never I can. Get, because I never oh, get the mystery anyway. I'm so like, much. I can never work it out. So I'm just going to, if you're going to be convoluted, go with it, which and is why I can read was, a George at Hayer mystery yeah, without absolutely. being annoyed by yeah. it. But I also had the issue of like, so now we were in Britain and no longer in Rome. So at least when we were in Rome, like the, the, the machinations and the, the workings of ancient Rome, I found fascinating. And I felt fit very well with that kind of detective novel that it was the tone it was striking. I think that's a really appropriate, gritty kind of tone mm-hmm. to set in ancient Rome. And so at the end of the day, I didn't finish it. Like, and that kind of blows my mind. You finished it the first time you read it. I did. And I think if I had, and I did, when I got to that point in part two where I was like, I'm out, like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Life's too short. Like, I choose happiness. Um, <laughs> so when I reached kind of I that point. I chose happiness and therefore finished the book. I actually then reserved it at the library as a digital physical like as a digital oh, copy to try of the and book give the print to go so i was like i'll just do the printed version but then it was i had to wait like 3 weeks and so i never got around to it and then it came up the other day and was like this is available for you and i was like oh sorry i've moved on i don't should have loaned you the hard copy we own yeah i think that's actually what i probably needed you needed, to do you didn't need you needed a voice in your mind that separated you from cuz i started reading it on page and i didn't go into the audiobook until about maybe chapter 10 I and then i hopped needed. in and out of it enough yeah, that that's by the what time, i needed i by needed the time to i was in, in the audiobook old mate wasn't he once he reading. once once kind of sasha's moved on and that that kind of part of cuz the plot goes for so long like it covers quite a long period of time which makes yeah, sense it's about given a year. given like how long investigating across the empire would be i think that makes sense but yeah so i don't know i i struggle to not recommend it because it is a great read and i know that like 15 year old 15 years ago wouldn't that be wonderful if i was 15 at the time Whoa. we're not that old we need um, to lay off the feeling old it's true but me from that long ago did really enjoy it and I know I read lots of them and I know with these kind of series is sometimes it's like I didn't like this one but I loved these other ones so I don't want to like poo-poo the series or like put people off it but in my honest review in this moment I wouldn't be giving this book to someone and being like go away and read it and I will never read Silver Pigs again but that is not to say that I wouldn't have a crack at another book in the series. Yeah, okay. Uh, so, but it's got to be a trash for me. So it's a trash and a non-recommend when you boil right down to And it. for me, it's a treasure and a total recommend. It's been a while since we've had this big Such of a, a big disagree. Descent. I know, but I feel like I'm not passionately disagreeing, which is so tedious and beige of me. Sorry, That's okay. At any rate. Go out and read it. Go out and read us. Tell, tell us what you think, as ever. More people need to do that. Send us an email. Tell us what you thought. And also, can someone, just to go back to a previous episode, does anyone want the hard copy of Daring the Duke? Please email Send us an us. email or a tweet. Amy is desperate to get rid of it because it lives at her house at the moment. <laughs> I'm very excited to have pumped that off on you, and no, uh, I will not be taking it back. Should have read it first. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for once again spending a bit of your time with us. Join us next week. We'll bring you more spoiler-free recaps, reviews, and recommendations for whatever we read. Till then, happy reading! 
And just a quick reminder here at the end of the podcast that we would love to hear from you. We want your recommendations. The good, the bad, the interesting, doesn't matter. Please reach out. Send us an email at trashortreasurepodcast at outlook.com. Or we are also available at the world's most awkward Twitter handle, which Amy has to tell you about. Listen to our Twitter handle. It's the greatest. It's at or underscore treasure. Doesn't that just roll off the tongue? (laughs) And with those encouraging words, tweet or email us. We love to hear from you. Happy reading. Cheers.